Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Oh, it's Artcast, it's Artcast, it's Artcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen by your easel, maybe you can grab a chair. Or even take it with you like you ain't got no care. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. So sit back and relax and grab your headphones too. Adjust your volume, it's Artcast. Philip J. Mellon welcomes you, so sit back. Oh yeah, it's Artcast. Loading artists. Audio inside. Loading artists. Audio inside. Hey, Eric? Yeah. How are you? Yeah, what's up, dude? I'm good. How you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, uh, you know, just looking forward to uh, talking with you. Yeah. Oh. yeah. We can do that now if you want. Okay, cool. Welcome to ArtCast. Uh, Eric Grab. Hey. Um, thank you for participating. Yes, you're welcome. And Thanks for, uh, for inviting me, man. No problem. Great. Um, let's see, I guess with, um, I know some of your work, uh, is figurative and uh-huh. maybe for, uh, some of the non, non, uh, figurative works, maybe this will apply, but, um, when, when you're beginning an artwork, do you have, uh, a blueprint, so to speak, or does it, uh, tend to sort of, um, does your work grow, a little more organically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Um, well, with uh, the figurative work, uh, the paintings anyway, the figurative paintings, those I would usually work from a photograph or a number of different photographs oh, that okay. I, uh, I use I use Photoshop to uh, color correct or, you know, if I want, want a color to really pop, I'll, I'll try to emphasize that in Photoshop. So, when I approach the canvas, I have a pretty good blueprint of what I'm going to do. Oh, that's and of course, cool, you know, yeah. every painting that you start, it, it tends to take on a life of its own and kind of dictates where it wants to go. But with the figurative stuff, the more realistic stuff, uh, it's it's pretty much I have a, a blueprint. Right, yeah. That, um, that's... Uh... With, with the... No, go ahead. Oh, yeah. With, uh, with the more sort of abstract stuff, I mean... Almost all of my work is figurative. Even the abstract stuff, I, I have like these little tribal totem figure guys in there. Um, with that, with that type of work, it tends to just flow more organically. I'll, I'll see something already there in the, in the canvas. Um, like I've, I've always seen uh, like faces and people in in trees and in like you know the carpet. You know, oh like yeah. Field, uh, <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? Like, most artists tell me the same thing. It's kind of like, 
you know, cloud watching, and all of a sudden you'll see a face. And if I see that on the canvas, well, sometimes I try and uh, pull that out or make it a little more obvious for the viewer. Right, so, yeah. For, so those abstract works, they, they tend to have a life of their own. And uh, I'm starting to explore that a little more and allow allow what's already there to kind of have uh, more authority, so to speak, to just present itself with uh, maybe even less uh, of a dependence on me as the artist to to pull it out. You know, now I'm just sort of thinking about my role is just to bring your attention to what's already there, you know, as opposed to create something, so to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> it, it's funny, there's... Um... Sadly, there. Uh, what you're saying reminds me of an artist quote, and um, I can't begin to remember who it was, but it had something to do with sculpture being, um, uh, I guess, namely figurative sculpture, and to sort of release uh, what's there rather than um, create it, kind of like you're... Huh? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's a Michelangelo quote. He says that the, the, the finished sculpture, what is already there, Kind of removing the pieces, you know, like right, freeing right. it from a block of marble. Yeah, and um, that's that's uh, that's great. It's a nice image. Um, I know uh, Jasper John said uh, that um, he tends to like what already exists, which, um, as you know, myself as someone who uses object a lot, uh, I can agree with that. It's pretty cool, but uh, I feel like it parallels a little bit or crosses over. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, let's see. Um, what would you say feeds your, uh, um, your artwork more? Would it be other art forms, your, your own artwork, dreams, life, or something other than that? Well, um, the kind of breakthrough moment that put me on my current path with my artwork occurred, um, maybe three years ago now, um, about 2008, 2007, thereabouts, I went with uh, my painting class uh, um, from UMass Dartmouth, the senior painting group. We all, we all went to New York City, or a, a large number of us. And we went to the museums, and one of the, the best ones there is the Met, the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And in the basement, really, they have a, you know the African and Oceanic art exhibit. And, you know, it's like this, it's sort of this dim room, you know, and it's very quiet. You know, most people are upstairs going through, you know, the European art and all right. those paintings, you know, the masters. But there, there is a relatively few people down there. It's kind of quiet. And there are all these, these figures, you know, uh, these African figures, uh, fetish dolls or ceremonial dolls, uh, ritualistic masks, um, you know, a lot of a lot of figurative stuff, you know, but, but very, very primitive, very abstract. And as I'm looking around, I'm seeing that this is where, you know, this is where Picasso was looking. This is where, like, uh, 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 Clay was looking. Uh, guy, guys like this that got involved in the abstract and the primitive and the cubism. Um, this, is, this is what they were looking at. And it was almost like a, a eureka moment. I, I was just blown away because... It was sort of uh, hitting me with the same sort of power that I can imagine that it hit them with. Right. And just uh, in in, the, in that hour or so, two hours that I spent down there, you know, my my sensibilities were completely switched around. 
And uh, one one figure in particular, there are these bowly figures. They're called. They're, they they started off as just kind of like frames, like a like a a marionette type puppet frame. But then over over the uh, course of time, as the the shamans or the holy men of the village use them in their rituals and their ceremonies, they get smeared with all sorts of like uh, you know animal dung and blood and uh, you know, plant matter and sacred herbs, and then this build up this sort of uh, layer upon layer of of stuff, and it it, it formed like a kind of amorphous uh, look. The, the whole doll is made like this amorphous figure, and that that started to pop up everywhere in my work. I just couldn't get it out of my head, and you know, I would draw it, I would paint it, um, I would see it everywhere, and so it just sort of got incorporated incorporated into the beginnings of my own uh, language. And as I drew it more and more, it started to become my own. You know, I wasn't just mimicking or imitating. Now it was something, you know, that was my own. Right. And that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of what feeds my work these days is uh, that language. You know, I've been developing that language. And now I'm just starting to get to the point where I have a language that allows me to talk about the things that I want to talk about. And so now that's starting to to drive my work more as opposed to just a pure stylistic uh, choice or direction. Sounds like a good place to be in. Um, Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, It just seems like uh, with some of your work, especially the figurative drawings, with uh, some of them incorporating some of those bright colors, um, uh, Uh you you just, you brought up like Picasso and... and, um, uh, would you say that those some of those drawings, like the mark making, were influenced by potentially some of that experience at the museum? Or oh well, yeah, but that's that's thanks for bringing that up because yeah, I haven't thought about that much, but it does seem like there's two different uh, sides of my art. Like what I just talked about with the primitive, that's like all out of my head. Right. That's one separate element of my art. And the figure drawing that you just mentioned, that's almost like another completely different part. Um, but yeah, um, uh, you know, I like Picasso and all that, and I can see, uh, sort of, uh, parallels, you could say, between our work, but when I'm, when I'm drawing, it's, I'm not, I'm not thinking about, I'm trying to make this, like, Cubist style, or like Picasso did, or any of these famous artists, um, I, I'm just reacting, really. It's, right. it's more process-driven. Um, I have these pastels these really nice sticks of, of uh, colored pastels and I'm just reacting to what I see and, and in sort of a, an expressionist way, uh, a loose way, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, really like tying myself to the idea of getting something perfectly realistic. Right, it's more yeah. just about feeling that I, that I have inside of me. And even that, it's not like I'm thinking, like, okay, well, how do I feel right now? Okay, I feel sad. Okay, I'll get the blue then. It's just, it's just a pure, it's just like a pure like reaction intuition or... to, what I see in, to what I see in front of me. Right. Uh, well, I, I think that, well, it was interesting that you brought that up. And, and I just wanted to uh, uh, direct some of the talk to those drawings because I I feel like they're they're sculptural in a way. And... And yep. and yet at the same time there's mark making which generally flattens things out. I mean, you know, so to speak. And yet I see a little bit of um, you know when you talk about language, maybe some of the language that 
that de Kooning might, um, you know, have in common with your work. I don't know if you, uh -huh. if you've heard that or. Um, no, I've never heard that reference to de Kooning. Yeah, it's um, it's. Okay. I, well, go ahead. Yeah, well, like I said, I'm not really thinking about uh, this artist or that artist. I mean, certainly I looked and love. You know, my my influential artists that I that I that I know and love uh, would be well, you know, from the Western world anyway. Um, Giacometti. Oh, okay. That guy, you know, in terms of mark making and how free and expressive he was with it. I mean, I love I love him for that. Um, Picasso. I mean, you just gotta love Picasso. Uh, just just because of um, the way in which he was making art. Uh, actually, I think that's an important thing that I wanted to talk about is not so much like copying stylistically these artists that you're mentioning, like the Kooning, Picasso, Giacometti, whatever, but more the way in which they're making art. So, I mean, what are the what is the way that they're making art? Like, you look at Picasso, he's so prolific, um, making so much art right. and just being so free with it and so open and comfortable just allowing himself to do whatever he feels and having the confidence that he can, you know, push this here, pull this back, whatever, and make it work. That's, that's kind of what I'm valuing more than just mimicking a style of an artist, like right. trying to paint just like Giacometti or paint just like Van Gogh, paint just like Picasso. I'm looking at how these guys were approaching the, the, the way they made art, and that's, that's what I'm borrowing, for, um, certainly. So in that way, yeah, like my work, I'm definitely thinking about that when I make it and just trying to be as loose and open as I can to allow, you know, whatever is unique, uh, whatever voice is within me that wants to get out to, to let it come out without, you know, sort of reining it in all the time. Like, oh, this isn't good. This isn't bad. This doesn't look like, you know, art should look. I'm just letting it go. And I've had, I've had some success with that with my figure drawings for sure. Right. Yeah. It seems, um, well, like it seems like what you're saying potentially could uh, um, just, in a sense, mean that you're you're really getting into the process and and not so much, um, um, and maybe some of their work habits or or and not so much uh, um, de deriving inspiration from their final image. Uh, right. Like, let's say the physical. Well, I, mean, I mean, from from the image, you can tell. You can just tell. Um... I mean, another one to think about is like uh, Keith Haring and, and uh, uh, Basquiat, a couple more of the modern artists. Like, uh, you, you actually have, we have the opportunity to see with videos. I mean, if you go on Netflix or whatever, yeah. you just watch these for free. Uh, you, you, when, when you see Keith Haring working, you know, that guy never did, he never had plans, or very seldomly had a plan for what he was going to do. He approaches this giant wall or whatever it is, big canvas, or even like this tiny little one. He would just draw. He had this language, he had this rhythm, this mm. feeling, and he was very in tune. He was very connected to that and confident, you know, through practice. That when he just started painting, it would come out and look good. I mean, mm. we we don't have the privilege to see any of his failings, so it's not like um, we know if every single work he did was successful or not. But um, you know, that's how he worked. He would just open his mouth and start speaking. You know, same thing with Basquiat. It, it, it looks like watching from watching him work that he would just go, just let it come right out, you know. And if it didn't work, you know, turn the page, you know, get a new canvas, try again. But it wasn't like this labor over at every one where it taking like months to finish one painting. He was just letting it flow. And and again, 
Um, I'm not trying to mimic how these guys worked. Maybe like Keith Haring was influenced by the primitive like I am. But I think the, the biggest part about the primitive art is that they weren't trying to make art. They were just like, they were making something powerful. They were making something that was connected to them, almost like an artifact. Right, they yeah. didn't have this, uh, this like stigma or uh, uh, expectations from like a, a public or, or uh, art critics of how it should look. It was just like, this is my figure that I'm making. It's me. And so you can't go wrong there, you know? Like there's, there's no way to be wrong. Um, so yeah, it's just it's just a way of working that that is influencing me. Would would you f- feel the same about something that might be considered folk art? Would you? Um... You mean like American folk art? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a little different. I mean, when you say folk art, I think like quilting. Oh. Uh, well, stuff like that. Uh, like, what are you talking about? Uh, well, we I, I guess I, I I sort of use it as a blanket term for something that like wasn't made to uh, let's say go in a gallery or something that you know like someone put the, yeah. the you know like you said some putting themselves into it or or um, making something truly their own and whether it came from deep in their in their culture or uh, a, a little more internal uh, expression than um, something. Um, yeah, I think I have an idea. I think I have an idea of what you're talking about. Um, um, with folk art, I mean, my interpretation of it, it's not quite the same as like the, the African and the primitive art that I was seeing there in the Met, um, that inspired me and continues to, um, because these objects that I was, that I was looking at, it wasn't just like a bowl or something. I mean, there were certainly bowls there, Yeah. but that wasn't what was really hitting me. Um, what was hitting me was like the masks and the figures, the sculptures that were used in ritualistic ceremonies or whatever, or okay. by shamans, you know, out by themselves, you know, in, in, in the jungle or whatever. Like, these are the objects that inspired me. And, and the reason is because they're like, it's so clear when you look at them that they're kind of breathing with their own power. You know, that was like the intention that they were made with. So it's not just like this kind of empty object made for everyday use that happens to have artistic elements in it. It okay. was like a ritualistic object that that um, clearly is is uh, pulsating with this this kind of deeper meaning, you know. And that's something that I'm really trying to do in my art is to kind of convey the sort of inner life, this spiritual life, ideas, uh, feelings that I have. And, and that's really what connected with me when I looked at these objects, these figures. They kind of jumped uh, for, right out of it and into me, you know? Right, yeah. So that, uh, I take it that really inspired so you. The, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, well, yeah. That's, that's the difference, really. It's like the the power of, of these artifacts, you know, like what they were what they were used for. And, and then that, that idea totally shaped, you know, the, the form. You know, it's like the form is being directly influenced, uh, solely influenced by the function for which it is intended. And that is in many of the cases I was observing it at the Met, like uh, some really powerful uh, uh, events, you know, yeah, rituals, no. whatever, sh- shamanistic stuff, you know. Right. And so, uh, it's interesting that you say spiritual because I, I was wondering about that. And 
uh, I guess in a way, uh, there there's a, a different function for it than like let, let's say something as um, what is known as shaker art or or like a quilt, like you said, or um, yeah, yeah. Right. And uh, it sounds like a challenge to uh, that you've set out for yourself to create or or somehow tap into some of that and and use um you know traditional means or 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 modern means even to display that on a canvas so to speak or or through drawing yeah well i mean it's just a it's just a way the place that you put yourself in before you start um, before you start uh the work or it's just a place you have to exist in all the time almost yeah. Like in my regular life, um, I'm pretty, I mean, I'm, I'm concerned with the, the spiritual and and that that type of life, that inner life. And, uh, you know, it's something that everyone can relate to, you know, whether, whether or not they're listening to that part of themselves closely or, or ignoring it. I believe that it's present in everybody. And so when you see these images that are just really pregnant with with that feeling or with that content you know it can't help but connect to that part of you in the same way that these uh african figures connected with me you know hmm. that's so. yeah i think i think uh, you definitely exercise some sensitivity there because i i think it's uh, hard sometimes to see something like that uh you know personally and to and and to take it out of the context in which you're running into it, like say in a museum, or and to almost put yourself where with, with that object or sculpture or, or mask and uh, and where it came from, and that that to yeah. me is is uh, admirable, you know. Yeah, and and that uh, I think I mean I haven't seen um, that same sort of content in the history of uh, Western art. Right. Um, you know, I mean, it starts to get there later on by uh, their different groups that are, like, concerned with, like, the spiritual art, like uh, Kandinsky or whoever. Um, but, you know, these guys are saying the same thing I am, that the, the only thing, really, that the artist should be focusing on is the expression of that 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 uh, inner voice, you know, that's unique within him. You know, okay. all other uh, techniques or ideas within art, you know, they should all serve the expression of that. Otherwise, I mean, what is it really? Like, what are you doing if you're not if you're not talking from that that truest voice within you? Like, what are you talking from? Is it right. imitation? You know, what's the idea? What are you trying to do? You're trying to make money. You're trying to be famous. Are you trying to copy someone else because they did it right? You know, <laughs> um, yeah. he's he's saying the the only thing you should be trying to do is speak from that unique original voice and express whatever deepest inner feelings and urges and understandings, awarenesses, whatever you want to call it, enlightenments that you have. This is a, this is a, as the artist. This is our job to yeah. share this. You know, hope, hopefully you have something worth saying. And if you don't have something worth saying, you should go somewhere. You know, go to the Met, be cracked open by these dolls. You know, whatever whatever to do to to get to the point where you have something worth saying. 
and then to not be afraid to say it, you know, not to listen to these critics who say, oh, you know, whatever, this isn't a balanced painting composition, like whatever, you know what I mean? So, and, and then it gets to the point that you're not even making art, just like, just like these, uh, these African dolls, like they weren't trying to make art. They're trying to make an, an, a powerful object for for communion with you know their their ancestors or with the spirit world. Yeah? So the the idea is purely for connecting to the spiritual. That was the idea, yeah. and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to do, you know, to varying degrees of intensity, depending on how I feel. Right. Yeah. It's a, definitely a, uh, uh, trying to tap into a conversation. Um, Otherwise, like you said, what's the point, right? It's uh, it's true. I I, uh-huh. I, 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 I agree with that. Um, that was definitely a spirited talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I want to thank you for sharing that. Um, uh, within the blog post, we'll enjoy some of your artwork. And um, just want to thank you, Eric Grab, again for participating in what I like to call ArtCast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, take care of yourself. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to uh, to share my ideas. Appreciate You're welcome. It. Please visit Eric's website at ericgrab.com. That's Eric with a C, Grab with a G. This has been Oddcast. I'm your host, Philip J. Mellon. Thanks for listening, and keep the dialogue going. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you this. Define abstract art. Oh, come on. Okay, here's a better one. What does this painting mean? (sighs) I'm getting nowhere with this. Forget it. (laughs) Hotcast Home is A-H-T... C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks again.